I would like to, as I was praying, just to share with you a little bit of something that wasn't part of uh, what I wanted to speak and the Lord have just also added it to his uh, table, is about the word uh, saving the Lord. The word uh, saving the Lord comes uh, from the word ministering to the Lord. Um, so often when you come in the Lord, you've got two ways. You've got uh, one way is uh, God saving you or God ministering to you. And you've got uh, the other way is you ministering to the Lord. Now, just to give a little bit of uh, the difference of the two things is it will allow you to understand uh, other details by yourself. When we say we come to the Lord, we are not only the only one going to save the Lord, to minister to the Lord. Saving to the Lord or ministering to the Lord is a, a type of uh, things like uh, you're going to preach people, you pray for people, and you worship the Lord. These are, or you give your finance to the Lord. These are called ministering to the Lord. You are ministering to the Lord. And there is uh, a time where God minister to you. God ministering to you is when he comes with a prophecy to encourage you, he fights for you, he fights your battle. God is giving you life, God is with you. So every time you need to make uh, this difference. In this time here, am I the one saving the Lord or is the Lord ministering to me? So often our prayers are based on us asking the Lord to minister to us. Most believers, they ask God to bless them. They ask God to be with them. They ask God to do this and that. Most of their prayers is more based on God come and minister to me. I wonder if the way we pray and we ask God to minister to us can be the same way that we can also have the same amount of those kind of time we take to ask him to minister to us, if we can take that to, for us to start ministering to the Lord, things and great things will happen in our life. We take more time to ask God to do things for us, but we take little time to worship him. We take little time to praise him and we take a little time to do just something for him. This is something that he added in our lives today, tonight. Just when you we finish, remember about also you go and ministering to the Lord. He would like you to save him. And in the meantime, he's also saving you. Let's go back to our message tonight and uh, look at the verse of Genesis chapter 14, verse 17. I'll read until to verse 18. Easy. One, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of uh, Shedalaoma and uh, of the kings with him and the valley of Shiva, which is the king's valley. And uh, Malkisidek, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him 
which means he blessed Abraham and said, blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. I want you to come back to the verse 17, just to give you a little bit of history here. Uh, Abraham is coming from uh, rescuing Lot, his uh, nephew, from being attacked. Lot was attacked with so many battles to where he went to live. And the message came to Abraham that your brother has been into trouble with many kings, a lot of kings coming and attacking him. And uh, Abraham took his army and uh, armed them very well. Some of the, uh, our friends here, they don't know who was Abraham. We only know him as Abraham was just, uh, he's being known as the father of faith. But uh, one thing then you can also add to your understanding, Abraham wasn't just uh, the father of uh, uh, faith, but Abraham was also a king. He was a king. So he, he had also the army and all these things and his tribe that he started, which ended by becoming Israelite people. But at this time, they are just Hebrews. So he armed his army and said, let's go and fight. They went in the battle, they fought the battle, and uh, they succeeded. They were victorious. But uh, there's something that's happening here. The battle that uh, Abraham went to rescue Lot from was a very tricky battle, very bad one to win. Just to let you know something here, uh, Lot and uh, Abraham departed from each other because uh, of uh, the growth of the wealth and uh, the workers started fighting between themselves. Then uh, Abraham said, you know, I don't want to live with you uh, because uh, or lose our, our family blood uh, line but because of uh, the workers and uh, the people fighting us and doing all these things here, so let's just depart from each other in the way that you work far and I work far, but we're still in link and we can still help each other. That wasn't a separation, but that was, and it wasn't a separation in the, in the, in the sense of uh, dividing each other with trouble, but it is a way of, uh, working just from each other, uh, from far from each other, but in meantime, looking after each other. That's why even that uh, Lot was so far uh, from uh, Abraham, even uh, Lot was into trouble, but uh, Abraham could still go and uh, rescue Lot. This is uh, what the Lord is calling us in our lives, is uh, saying to us, you know, uh, no matter how we are, far from each other, but we need to be linked in the spirit. And when we are linked in the spirit, whenever we hear something from each other, don't just stay if we click a, a trumpet and say, our brother saw, our sister saw, is in the battle of this and that, just arm and put your uh, weapons of warfare, stand. And we might not feel it, but it is very important that you, uh, uh, mobilize your army if you've got intercessors or if it's just uh, you all alone with uh, the uh, weapons of warfare, do not neglect the battle of your brother or of your sister. It's not just uh, his battle, it's the Lord's battle. So by joining what you call my brother's battle, you're joining the Lord's battle. 
And because you've got of that, you are of that mind of joining the Lord's battle next to your brother, the Lord will bring victory and to you and uh, to your brother. Now, look at what's happened here is I wanted you to just focus on uh, uh, this uh, verse 17. There's this what they call the Valley of Shiva. This uh, Valley of uh, Shiva was uh, a Bara Valley. So what the enemy of uh, uh, Lot did, they came digging wells in that old valley. And all that they did, they put towers. The towers that we used to make road here, yeah? they put towers there inside of those walls. Now, and they cover the walls. You won't see that you've got holes on the valley. But what do you see? You see just a surface nicely. And then you start running on the grass that are covered there. And to find after that, that those grasses, they just are covering walls. So soldiers that were coming from, uh, from Lot, they didn't know about that was inside. So they were coming and falling in the walls. And for them to get out, the tars will make them stick in the walls and they will have trouble to get out quickly. And then the enemy will use the arrow and attack them and kill them like that. So uh, 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 Lot didn't know how he was losing the battle. It, it took uh, God to reveal that uh, way of, of fight to Abraham because Abraham joined the battle. The battle was being seen as the battle of Lot, but uh, Abraham saw it as the battle of the Lord. Now, because he saw there's a battle of the Lord next to his uh, brother, Lot, he went to join Lot. And by joining Lot and fighting for Lot, now God was revealing Abraham about what was the strategy of the enemy. Then Abraham succeeded by knowing that and avoided that valley and used the other way around to go there and fight Lot and win and fight the enemies of Lot and win the battle. After now succeeding in this tricky battle, then he came back. Now I would like again to point out something there. When you join the battle of your friends, in whatever way he might be crying and asking you for help to join your faith together, it's very important to know that while you see the Lord next to your friends and you would like to join to fight for your friend together with the Lord, the Lord will make you your prayer and your discernment to understand even more the strategy maybe your brother might not see or your sister might not see but because you've joined that battle with uh, that excitement of seeing the lord next to everything and because you do that you open your eyes you won't stick in the battle or stuck in the battle but the lord will make sure that and you and your brother, you are all set free from uh, the battle. That's very, very important. That's why, again, if you are on the side of uh, Lord, don't fight the battle alone. This this way in the Lord. There's a time that you can do things what we say faith is personal. Yes, the, the personal faith can save you, can help you, can do this and that, can give you anything just in a personal way. But there are these other things 
that a personal faith cannot work. A personal faith cannot work. You need a cooperative faith and you need a collective faith for what you're looking to work. That's why it is very important not to always be alone, but it's also important while you are being alone, you understand that your own faith needs also to grow because in the time that you need to add it to other brothers and sisters, then it can become also effective for them. And also the time that that faith need your own faith to move the mountain as your, uh, the Lord can tell you, your faith has healed you. There's this window where your own faith need to act, but you don't have to limit only onto your own faith, but you need to come in the cooperative faith. That's why we do have 10 fingers on our hands because we need to work together. And uh, as we work together, this one finger can do the work. Maybe this one can clean my ears and the other one, and the other one can do different works, but there's a time where this other one alone cannot do the whole work and need the cooperative work of uh, the 10 fingers to do something. It is very important that believers, we start, uh, uh, as we know, we start applying these things because sometimes we get out of the line, we say, I can only be with my God, my faith only can help me. And then you neglect the body of Christ. You, need, you neglect the all composition of the body. It's very important to be part of the body, to be part of the hands so that you know, in this time, the Lord is calling out for my own faith to act. But in this time, the Lord needs the cooperative faith. How do you know that the Lord needs the cooperative faith? When you use first your own faith and you see that things are not coming the way they should or things are not happening and then God is not answering, they don't just look for maybe I've sinned against God or maybe I'm not right. God might be telling you, you're using just one finger, use other fingers, put them together so that they can all work. So activate your faith because we might need it to be in the cooperative. I'm activating my faith. You might need my faith to be in the cooperative. Let us all activate our faith, personal faith, and use them in a personal way and keep them, shaping them again for the use of the cooperative work in the kingdom. We are ready for that. Lord didn't just leave himself. He knew I've got an uncle of me. I can't just fight the battle. My uncle need to come and help me too. And uh, Abraham also knew I can't just uh, listen. My nephews are uh, being uh, into battle. I can't just sit down. I need to mobilize my army. And above all, the Lord is with us. So he met Elohim, you know, Elohim is with them. So they move in the cooperative faith and they were working. Look at now, at this time here, because it took a lot. I mean, it took Abraham that experience of saying, let me join the battle of my brother and fight for my brother. Well, Lot went back to his own place with the victory. But look at now, as the victory was on Abraham and his move toward helping his brother, look at the valley. And as the Lord neutralized the valley of Shiva, the Lord brought now the, to Abraham some new dimension. I can tell you right now that you might be also in the valley of Shiva and that valley 
it's making you stacking. You don't, you're not advancing right now. There are woes all around you. When you try to fight this battle, another one just come and uh, hold you somewhere there. And then the more you fight that battle, the, the more you sink in that water or in that tar and uh, to remove your hands, to move to another step, you see like you struggle. If you fall into sickness to recover, it takes you long. You fall into poverty to recover, it takes you long. You fall into problem to resolve it, it takes you trouble. And uh, there are too much things that are making you to move in and stuck and uh, you can't get out even in your mind, even in your, your thought, even in your family around you, you are just like uh, moving from one small surface where you can try to move a bit, but when you jump the next step, you like falling into a hole and that hole there is like uh, just uh, hanging you and you can't move. You are in the valley of Shiva. And that valley is the valley that uh, as a tars that uh, capture you, you alone. Maybe you might not see it as a people that falling in the, in the well. They need somebody on the surface to put them out. And that someone in the surface to put you out is Abraham, a man of faith. We need to exercise our faith, can open our eyes to see not only the Lord, but to see also the pitfalls that are around us that my brother might not see, my sister might not see, but because I stand on the mountain of faith, I can see the pitfall of my brother. And then I can know the strategy, how I can help my brother and fight the battle. Well, Abraham, the man of God, obeying God by faith like that and fighting by faith all the time and going and uh, using faith for himself and for others. That's why we have faith. We have faith for ourselves and we have faith for our brothers and sisters. Don't have faith just for yourself. Look at what's happened for the first time. They were looking to, and uh, they were having uh, Elohim appearing to them into uh, dreams uh, and visions. At this time, that's the first time that the name Melchizedek appears in the Bible. Verse 18 says, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem. So there were battles of kings, but there was another king. If you look for that land named Salem on this earth, you won't find it. You won't find it. But, and if you look in the history of the world and you go all around in the history of the world, and then you can see that in the history of the world, you can't find a king named Melchizedek except in the Bible. And in his country, and his name in the history of the world, it doesn't exist. But they said there was a king by the name of Melchizedek, and this king appeared, and he was the king of Salem. He appeared to Abraham, and he brought bread and wine. And they said that same king there was the priest of the most high God. Wow, that's very great. He's coming, Abraham, from the battle. And then just from the battle there, look at what's happened as a reward in meet Melchizedek. The Bible says he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the most high God who has delivered your enemy into your hand. Then Abraham gave him the tithe of all, not the tithe of one thing, the tithe of all. 
believers, the servant of God, they don't want us to talk that part of the tithes because it's uh, hitting them. Uh, and that's where many pastors and many servants of God, they know about the tithe, that the tithe wasn't part of the law. People before even the law, they were giving because Abraham wasn't in the time of uh, law, the mosaic time. We can see him right there, Abraham giving the tithe of all. Tithe was given by faith by Abraham. Tithe was given by revelation with Abraham. Tithe was given by the encounter with God. Abraham is encountering God right now. And uh, the only impression he can have, uh, straight away, he gives his tithe. People that uh, have encounter with God, the first impression will come to them is the tithe they will give. You see Abraham here, when he sees God, he knows everything belongs to him. And then he just gave the tithe of all as a saying, God is with me. Children of God don't struggle with the tithe. People who sees God, they know. When, when you see God for the first time in your life, or every time you see him, that thing will pop up from your life and you know things belong to, to God. I don't know what he meant by, or what the Bible means by saying he gave the tithe of all. Or didn't just mean finance, or meant even the type of his people, the type of his cattle, the type of his uh, uh, veggies, everything he gave, which means he says, all belong to God. He gave and he understood. But why would Marquisidek appear to him? Later on, you see when he blessed Abraham, Abraham, you can notice right now, his name is Abram, not Abraham. Later on, God will appear to him. He had to be blessed by Melchizedek to get that name being changed. Later on, God will call his name and put an, uh, another HA and say, you are being called Abraham. Because Abraham means just you are father. But Abraham means you are now a father on, of nation. Which means now he received an extension of a great blessing. Abraham means father only. Abraham means father of nations. That's where we got our all essence of faith. Those who are of faith are children of Abraham, not only the Jewish people. If you have a faith in Christ, a faith in God, you are a child of Abraham because those who have faith are children of Abraham. Then we are from different nations and as God promised him, your descendant will be like the stars in heaven and as the sand of the sea. We are as many and millions as we can as the stars in heaven and as the sand of the sea. Having one father, Abraham, and this Abraham got the name Abraham, father of a nation, because of understanding the battle to go and join his brother and fight and work with his brother. And from there, he got the encounter. Two things happened to him. One, he was blessed himself, which means he was empowered to succeed. And the name later on changed to Abraham. And when it changed to Abraham, there was something very great. And uh, he became the father of all. And uh, today is a great man. Look at what happened to uh, verse 20. And uh, after he gave uh, the type of all, 
verse 21, and the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the people and take the good for yourself. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I've lifted up my hand to Jehovah, the most high God, the name Jehovah is Elohim, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take from all that is yours, not from a thread even to a short thing, lest you say, I have made Abraham rich, nothing for me, only that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with him. Anna, Ashkol, and Mamre, let them take the portion. What is this kind of saying? This kind of saying is said, you know what? I've had all. Because as long as I've got the Lord, I've got all inside of me. People that uh, have encountered the Lord, they know they will never lack. They know Jehovah is with them. The provider is with them. But let's a little bit see what the Lord is sending to you tonight. If you understand, Marquisire, let's see a bit of uh, what is said about this uh, king that came to meet him. Uh, and I'm going to Hebrew chapter 7, verse 1. Look at what uh, now in the New Testament, the Hebrew people understood of Marquisidek, who wasn't uh, part of the history of the world. They said, Marquisidek, for this Marquisidek, king of Salem and the priest of the most high God, met Abraham, retaining from the slaughter of the kings and blessing him. To him, Abraham also gave the tenth of all. They still repeat those things. Then they start giving uh, now the thing to understand. He says, him, the Marquisidek, was the first by interpretation, king of righteousness. Wow, that's very great. And after that, also king of Salem, which is a king of uh, peace. And uh, this man, Marquisidek, was without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days, no end of life, but made like the son of God. He remains a priest continually. Wow. Then now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tent of the spoil. Okay, let, let, let just me, uh, I know you are with me right now here. Uh, I, I, I would like you to, to focus on this uh, verse. I know uh, sometimes I put uh, this screen so that we can read, but as it is uh, with uh, all the, uh, the um, students, uh, if you put the screen like this, when you are in the verse four, they are looking, or you are in the verse one, they're reading verse two, they're reading verse three, and then uh, when you're talking about verse one, they lost it already, and then they get confused. So uh, I think uh, what I will do is I will hide it, and uh, so that uh, I leave just one verse somewhere there, and then uh, I, I will stay myself there, and then you can understand what I want you to understand. So the first thing it is said, uh, if I can go verse by verse, it is said this, I'm sure you can see verse by verse there. That's very great. Okay. For 
This Marquisirik, king of Salem and priest of the Most High God, met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the king or, and blessed him. Wow, that's very great. So they're telling us he met. Where was he living? They said, first, if we need to see, verse two, to him Abraham also gave a tent of all. So he gave him the tent of all. He was the first by interpretation. Marquisidic means by interpretation, Marki means a king. Malki means king of righteousness. Sedek means after the king of Salem. Salem means peace. That's where we get the name Shalom. When we say Shalom is a greeting, it's like a hi, uh, I salute you. That's Shalom, peace be with you. But it came from the word Salem. And the Salem, that's where came the word Jerusalem. Jeru means a city. And Salem means uh, peace. When you say Jerusalem, you're saying city of peace. Then when you say Marki Sirek, you say king of righteousness or righteous king of, of peace. That's righteous king of peace. Wow, that's very great. Why was he righteous king of peace? Let me give, give you something out of the Bible in all the things when you look at the preaching of Jesus Christ, Jesus never preached on holiness. Jesus preached more on righteousness. You wonder and you say, what? Rarely you see Jesus preaching on holiness. But he preached more on righteousness. The reason being because he knew Man by himself cannot make himself right. So man, telling you to be right on your, on your own, it will be like a putting you into the hell and you will never make it right for yourself. Unless he makes you right, you will never be right. That's why he said, the son of God, if the son of God sets you free, you shall be free indeed. So unless he makes you right, you will never be right by yourself. All that you must do is to accept him to make you right. Go to him and accept him to make you right. Then the word righteousness fit him. Why? Because righteousness is the act of God to make a sinner right. He's got a way. He's got a blood. He's got a soap. He's got a water. And he knows which button to click in your life to make you right. The only thing he's asking you is, Whenever you feel you are unrighteous, run to him. We don't run away. That's the difference between us and, 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 and the people of the world. People of the world, they run away. They never see themselves that they are sinners. They see themselves they are all right. Now, I just want to make a difference there. A pagan, as I used to, take, to talk to many people, the difference between a pagan and the child of God is that both are religious. Both are children of God. I mean, uh, they are all religious. They know God. Oh, they might not know God. They must just be religious. A pagan is a religious person. He knows too much about God, but he has no encounter and no life with God. A pagan would like to do things like this. When he's in the scene, he would like to make it right for himself before he can worship his God. Which means a pagan, so much he knows, 
so much he runs away from God. He must, he, he wants to make himself right by himself before he can feel like he's somebody. While a child of God is somebody who, when he feels that he's unrighteous, it is his time to run to God and not to run away from God because he knows by himself he cannot make himself right. God can make him right. So pagan, they make themselves right. While children of God, they run to God. Pagan run away from God. They make themselves right before they can come to God. But children of God, they run to God. And they want God to make them right. That's why you might not be right where you are. Don't be pagan. Be a child of God. The moment you're not right, it is your moment to run to God. The moment you feel stuck in the holes of tars, run to God. Cry out there and God will send people to rescue you. Don't feel yourself and all self-power, but move quickly to the kingdom of God and ask the Lord really to help you. That's where you get your righteousness. Why Jesus never put accent more on the holiness? Because the moment you are right, and you breathe into automatically into holiness. Holiness is a nature. I always say that. Always is the nature of the children of God is not an exam. The moment the righteousness of God is on you, you feel happy in your nature of a purity. You feel happy because that's why we are. I mean, uh, pagan find difficult to move out of sin. They enjoy sin. But uh, children of God, they enjoy holiness instead of enjoying sin. That's why they get quickly out of sin, because they don't like the life of a, a sin, a sinful life. They run quickly out of there. Why? Because they've got the garment and the gown of righteousness on top of them. This is their nature, and they run to that. With the righteousness of God comes the peace of God. Paul said, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom of God. Here we do have two things alone, the king of righteousness and the king of peace. By his nature, Jesus is uh, the king of righteousness. Once he gives you his righteousness, you'll find the peace inside of you. I would like to proclaim that inside of you. You don't struggle with your Christian life. You don't struggle with that. As long as the one inside of you is the one making you right, you must just be happy of running to him in your down and in, in, in your up, in your joy and in your sorrow, and depending on him to give you his righteousness that will procure peace inside of you. And I want to proclaim that inside of your life, that receive righteousness. Even your heart, your own heart condemns you that you are a sinner or you are a failure. Even people can condemn you. You must tell yourself and tell everyone and everything around you. By yourself, you cannot make it. But by his righteousness, the peace of God will cover you and you still have the nature of purity and be blessed in the Lord. I am proclaiming that to you and to your family and to your business and to everyone that hold you responsible in the dark world or into the invisible world and saying you did this, you cannot succeed, you are an evil person or you are owing them this or you I just want to say when the son of God set you free, you are set free indeed. He takes the blame, he takes your wrong in his own account and he's 
gives you the righteousness that gives you peace. And that peace is a perfect peace that is a peace indeed, which means it doesn't just give you the calmness in the heart, but procures you things that can cover those walls of your weakness and lift you up and make those walls, the valley leveled and filled so that you won't look again to those valley, the same tar, uh, Shiva uh, Valley that was, uh, you can run away from it, uh, will be covered with uh, soil and uh, you never again see the tars of your pity fall, but you see the all ground leveled nicely and you walk on the same areas where you were running away to, the same place you were not succeeding, things that were not making right, they'll be filled with uh, uh, ground that are fruitful, and when you walk on them again by the power of the Lord, you make it. Even those things that were not uh, right, uh, business that you couldn't make, uh, areas of your life that you couldn't manage and make it right. I am proclaiming right now here that the valley of tars and holes shall be turned to you to be the valley of a uh, 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 fertile soil and leveled soil where you shall sow and reap and be blessed more. And peace shall rule over your household, your family, wherever you are, and in our country. You receive it as we proclaiming it in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me go back again to, I mean, down to verse three. You can see here they say, First, this man was without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days, no end of life, but made like the son of God, he remains a priest continually. Wow, this man, they're just telling you now, the Hebrew people are telling you now, for now, that uh, this, mother, this man was uh, God. He was God. So God uh, alive on this earth. He was walking. And people couldn't see him. The only people that can see God are those people that have eyes of faith. Only Abraham, by the eyes of faith, could meet uh, who? Could meet Melchizedek. And it was by faith he knew his name. He knew the meaning and the nature of his name and the ruling of uh, his kingdom. He rules uh, into the sphere of uh, of peace and righteousness. That's where his kingdom is. He came and Abraham recognized him that if I do have a peace today, it's because of Melchizedek, not because I was strong with my army. He knew that uh, if I could have a peace today, it was because of the righteousness of uh, Melchizedek that put on me. That's why he said, I don't owe anything. I will never take anything from you. This all that I've got today victory and all the spoil, they belong to him. I thought I was the one by my intelligence and my power and everything to get them. I realized by meeting Melchizedek that wasn't me. It was him by his righteousness that he saved me, he saved the Lord and he gave a peace. And he says, I've got peace. And uh, he gave this all too. When you encounter God, you automatically know that all belong to him and I will have to give him and all that belong to him, you will give him. Then this Hebrew, they don't just leave us or us, but they're telling us that, uh, remember, while we bring the story of Melchizedek of Abraham, it is the same 
you people of New Testament to know that that Melchizedek is the son of God, Jesus Christ. That's the one that walked in the womb of Mary as a fetus and he walked in the street of Jerusalem, the city of peace. And that man lived with the people. They couldn't recognize him. Someone said to me, well, me, if I was like Peter, in that time, yeah, I will believe the Lord so much because I can see him like that. No, as it was difficult for Peter to believe him because they could see he's the son of Mary and Joseph. How can he call himself a son of God? He took faith for Peter to believe him. Same faith. Even if you don't see him, you have to exercise it. If you exercise it, as Peter saw him and he called him, you are the son of the living God. You are the Messiah, the Christ. But this is the boy that he saw in the street with his mother, Mary, with his father, Joseph, with his brothers and sisters. But by faith, he could recognize, wow, this is Marquisidek. Wow, this is the son of God. This is the Messiah. The same way Abraham didn't live with him, but he met him, he recognized him. I would like to tell you that our Lord Jesus Christ is not a legend, it's not a history. You can meet him. Maybe you might not see God face to face as Moses said, God told him you can't see me face to face and live, but still you can see Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can be seen. And Jesus Christ was seen by Abraham, that's why. Even uh, Jesus said, when Abraham saw me, when Abraham saw me, he rejoiced on my day. And Jewish people couldn't understand. They said, you are just 40 years. I mean, uh, you're not even yet 40 years, and you say you've seen Abraham, or Abraham has seen you. They went like crazy. But he was telling them, I'm the Malchizedek. He met me. And that's what I'm telling you today, tonight. I'm not only telling you, but I'm giving you that impartation. I'm giving you that power of the King of Kings. Jesus Christ, you meet him. Exercise your faith. You don't have just to meet him in the vision and in the dream. He comes to you. He comes to you in the form of human being. Maybe the Lord is telling you, the pastor Paul that you're hearing today and teaching you, it's me, Malkisidic, but you might say, oh, no, 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 no. Maybe you might meet someone or someone next to you is Malkisidic. Just Malkisidic is a normal person next to you. And he revealed himself. That's why it's very difficult for you to say it is him in the flesh. You'll have to exercise faith to meet him. Those who exercise faith and meet him, they receive righteousness and peace. They receive blessing and victory everywhere they are. Jesus is alive. Jesus can be met in our fleshly life. Jesus can be seen. You only need faith to open up. The book of Hebrew can continue on and saying, do not neglect to receive angels. Because some of you, by receiving strangers, they've received angels. So God is descending on this earth. He's living. He's got his house here that is called Salem. The house of God is called Salem. Look for it everywhere you found it. He's got his rulership that is called righteousness. And you can enter the city of God, Jerusalem. 
right now. And the only way that you can enter the city of God is by opening faith. That city is with us, Salem. Salem is with us, Salem city of peace. Not New York, not Paris, not London, not Johannesburg, not at all. Not uh, uh, whatever, where you may run to. Any city in the world is a troublesome city. There is a city that cannot be seen. And Abraham in his walk, when you read chapter 11, they say as he was walking, he was looking for a city. With the Buddha is only God. The foundation of the Buddha is only God. What city? Until he died, he never lived in that city. But if you ask him, he will tell you, the city I lived uh, was called Salem. Salem. I am proclaiming that. Then the last verse said, having said so, now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoil. It's like telling you, if uh, he revealed himself as Melchizedek and consider how great we know that man, even Abraham, a king, could bow before him as telling you, now you have Jesus that can be seen. How much more can you do for Jesus? Because he is him. And you're not even a king. Even you might be a king, why not bowing? Because Abraham was a patriarch and a king. But if you not, why not even shaking more than Abraham? He's calling you right now. I am finishing. This message today, just telling you, he want to dinner with you. He want to eat with you. He want to minister to you as I started. He want to feed you with righteousness and peace. Receive it in your home. Receive it in your family. Receive it in your generation. Activate your faith for yourself and activate your faith for your brothers and your sisters. Join the battle when he calls you for your personal faith, exercise it. Join the battle when he calls you for a cooperative faith, join your brothers. And when you open your eyes and you join the battle with your eyes opened, you will see that uh, Malkisidek will have an encounter with you. You don't have just to fast for yourself to get uh, the victory, but uh, you'll have also to put your faith in the Lord, wherever he's fighting, be part of that. Wherever he's working, be part of that. And tonight, he is calling you and telling you, look, my son, look, my daughter. I'm right next to you wherever you walk and wherever you go and whatever you think. What do you think? I am there, open your eyes. I'm not that far. Enter the city of peace. Enter Salem. Live in righteousness. I don't need your sacrifice. I need your faith only. In today, you shall have a peace. The one thing with uh, the Lord that we know that these people are children of God is uh, when they do have peace with the Lord. Peace with the Lord. Peace with everything with the Lord. The peace, not just the peace of the world. He says, the peace I'm giving you is not, not the peace of this world. Peace with the Lord. Every daughter of God has a peace with God. He doesn't struggle. Whenever he sees the battle, you fight it with peace. Whenever he sees the blessing, you receive it with peace. Run with peace in your home. Meet Malkisidek. Today is not the name Malkisidek, but meet the Lord Jesus. 
if you dare again to just say, I would like to see him, go to your knees and tell God, now activate my faith, not only believing to move the mountain, but activate my faith to see Melchizedek, to see the king of righteousness and the king of peace, and you need it. And I can tell you, we're moving in the month of 10 October, and that uh, it is uh, a perfect month. And I want you, as we're going toward the end of this year, peace in abundance shall be yours, and blessing in abundance and righteousness shall be yours. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us in the message. I think I've been a bit long, but I needed to talk about this friend of mine, Mark Sidek. And uh, before I end, I would like to tell you that, brothers and sisters, also according again to the message, join us into the blessing, join us into uh, the battle. We would like uh, you to be part of uh, everything Jehovah is doing. I am uh, uh, traveling for the work of the Lord, but on my own, physically, but uh, on the cooperative faith, I've got you. I've got you, my brother. I've got you, my sister. I would like to invite you, like Lord, join faith. Join this work. I'll be leaving for DRC on Wednesday in the morning by 8 o'clock. And I'll be there in two hours' time. I need your faith. There are a lot of battles. If you can join me just to pray, just to call the Lord, and just to borrow your faith to this work of the Lord, I will really appreciate. And the Lord will really meet you. And the King of Salem will come with his righteousness and is Salem and put it inside of you because you bring peace to the army of the Lord. Peace shall be yours in your family and everywhere you are. Join me in the prayer. Even the Lord touches you to bless us with something in your heart. Finance, aeroplanes, a car, the whole world that you've got. Just like Abraham, you can give the tent of all. This is what God has put inside of you with the encounter of the Lord. I will really appreciate it. And I bless you. And as we're talking about Makisilek, he listens himself in the hair. He sees what we're doing. You will be a witness on what you're doing. Just what I can pray for you as you join in whatever way God has put in your heart. I would like you to have Malkistidek, the king of peace and the king of righteousness in your life.